dear ones. You're listening to the What God Is Not podcast with Father Michael O'Loughlin and Sister Natalia. Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory forever. Um, welcome back. Yes, same day recording, even though yeah. you're in this week apart. Yeah. Unusual for us. I think we've done that once, right? Or none? Uh, I think so. I think we, actually, I think we planned it once, but then something happened and we could only do ah, okay. one episode. So I think this might be the first time it's actually happening. Cool. But I'm hoping that means that we don't have any further reflections from the last podcast and we can just jump right into my topic. Sure. I. Uh, you do have something. If I No, no, no. If I had thought of the other story I was going to say, I would have said it, but I didn't in my, mm. in the, Half an hour between the two. All right. Well, I, did I have, um, we might need to keep this one a little short because of Vespers. I'm not sure. We'll see what happens. So cool. it's good that we're just going to jump straight in. And I'm really excited about this topic. All right. I'm super prepared for it. And I, you can see my notes. I wrote them in this new notebook I got. So check this out. On Friday, this is kind of a squirrel cowboy, a little bit. Okay. But on Friday, Friday, I was thinking, I really need to just like start a notebook for the podcast and actually mm-hmm. take notes when I think of things and maybe get my life together a little bit more nice. so that I'm not so scattered on the podcast. And I know. And I was thinking this and I was like, well, I have lots of notebooks to choose from. So um, I'll, I'll figure that out. And then I kind of forgot about it. On Sunday, yesterday, Mother Cecilia brought out a gift for me because do you know what yesterday was? It was the day that Mother Cecilia listened to the podcast for the first time, said you're a complete mess and you should have a notebook to take notes. No. It was Sunday. It was Sunday, August leave 23rd. Leave taking of dormition. It was the leave taking of dormition. It also was the, the anniversary date. of your tenure. No, tonsure. it was the tentative date for my life profession. <laughs> When it was moved from May 10th. Ah, okay. It was supposed to be yesterday, my life profession, okay. for the second time. Okay. <laughs> so on May 10th, when I was supposed to be life professed, Mother Cecilia gave me part one of her three-part gift for my life profession. Oh. And it was um, something she got at the JP2 shrine in DC. And because I love St. John Paul II very, very much. And it was this really beautiful... Um, uh, I think an oil painting, like just a, a print of it, um, and or charcoal, I don't remember. Anyways, of um, St. John Paul II in a canoe, mm. and it's really cool. But anyways, this one, she also got at the JPT Shine. Look how awesome this notebook is. Nice. What does it Isn't say? Cool? Oh, it adventure. Says, Life with Christ is a wonderful CBA. adventure. Yeah. Amen. It's a, John, it it's a quote by St. John Paul II. Isn't he okay. so handsome? Yeah. He's a good looking guy. So anyways, this is, and I, (laughs) um, (laughs) and I thought that this is really perfect for the podcast notebook because he was all about the new evangelization. That was like his thing. There we go. And that's what we're doing through, through this podcast, hopefully. So, um, the newer evangelization. Yeah. So that, that's the story. We had to, we had to, I know this is a total perla, but we, we, we had to, we had to realize a few years ago that all of us who became priests and were inspired by the ministry and life of John Paul II, mm-hmm. the young men who were leaving high school had never known him. 
Mm. And this was like probably eight, nine years ago. Like those mm-hmm. graduating high school were not inspired by him because they never knew him. Like they, he was, they did not know him when he was alive. And of course they might've read about it, but these were the Benedict generations. And now we have the Francis generation. And it's just, it is so weird thinking that someone who inspired us so much is just, we need to move on. It's others now, you know, so. Yeah. I, I'm not moving on. I still love him. So, um, but I only, I only came to love him after, after he had already passed away. So, and of course, my um, move on, I do not mean abandon him. <laughs> continue to, be, continue yeah. to be inspired. He is a saint of the church, but just in the fact that, that as far as living examples, they have other people. Yeah. Sure, yeah. I When I was teaching, when I was a TA in college for physics, one of my one of my students, his name was John Paul. And I said, I said, are you, um, oh, is your family Catholic? And he was like, yeah, how did you know that? And I'm like, oh gosh, do you know your name after? <laughs> but mm-hmm. so, anyways. Um, okay, so I'm just gonna jump into the topic, yeah? Do it. Okay, the, the, reason, the reason I decided on this podcast topic is because in one of our, on one of our old podcasts, someone had commented on, on how they really enjoyed our prayer intentions at the end of the podcast episodes. And it actually, she, I think it was a woman, um, had said that it helped her to learn how to better pray for people. Um, And I was like, man, that's amazing. Like if someone, if if people are going to get anything from our podcast, enhancing their prayer, that's, that's a beautiful thing to get from it. Absolutely. So, um, so I was just, I was struck by the fact that she was struck by just the intentions that we do at the end of our podcast, um, which I like a lot, actually, that we do that. So so what I wanted to do for this topic was how to pray for people, mm. because it's something that even at our monastery, we've talked about this in the past, even in the past couple of years, you know, we've had conversations about like, when people ask us to pray for them, which obviously happens a lot at our monastery um, right. or monasteries in general, or to priests, like when people ask you to pray for them, what does that mean? What do you do? And and what are you actually asking for when you're asking someone to pray for you? Yep. And so we've talked about this at our monastery of like, as individuals, what what do we do? And kind of sharing ideas of how to do that because it can just become like a lot, you know? Um, and so I wanted to give a very practical podcast on different ideas of how to pray for people. Beautiful. Love it. Okay. So the intentions on our podcast are one example, right? So at the end of this might be the first episode people are listening to, but at the end of our episode, we typically will each give an intention, maybe something that's happening in our own life or the life of a friend or something in the church, something in the world. And and then we just ask our listeners to to pray for them. And at the same time, when you give the blessing at the end of the podcast, you typically will include in your blessing, in your prayer, the intentions that we have just mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think you did that last time, but usually you do that. I and didn't. So now I feel shame. Wow, that was not <laughs> my intention. Um, <laughs> That's okay, though, because we're recording on the same day. So at the end of this one, you can include your prayer for Mr. S and Mr. Z. Thank you um, for reminding me who they were you're as you said welcome. it. Out of love. <laughs> I did. I wasn't going to tell you. That's why I was doing it. Oh, I could tell. I could you tell. Just, <laughs> um, so, so 
this is one of the ways that we can pray for people, right? Is is to 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 say very specific words of like, Lord, bless this person in this way. This is what um and and that's beautiful. And I think that we have to be cautious there, not have to be, but we should be cautious there in that we're actually asking for it's it's safe if we if we always follow it up with like if it be your will, right? We've had this conversation many right. times on the podcast of like we can pray for someone's healing, absolutely. Their physical miraculous healing and and I do this very much um because I fully believe that that God can still perform miracles today <laughs> and does. Mm-hmm. And so we can ask for that, but always if it be your will, because maybe what's best for the salvation of this person who's suffering, the salvation of their family, things like that, like maybe maybe a physical healing is is not what right. is going to be for their greatest good, for their salvation. Right. So so keeping that in mind when we have very specific intentions like that. Um I'm just going to keep going through these practical things. So if at some point you want to jump in, just kind of like make eyebrows at me or something. Cool. Um, so another, another way we can do this is for asking divine liturgy to be offered or mass to be offered for someone. Right. And we can do this officially asking the priest to, to offer liturgy, to, to put an extra, to, to, to offer the intention when he places the particle in the discos, which, uh, is part of the preparatory prayer in, in the East. Mm-hmm. And, but we also can simply bring those intentions in our hearts to the divine liturgy, right? So I often find myself during the litany, like when we are praying for those who are traveling, if I, if I know that my parents are on their way to the monastery, oh, I was supposed to look at the calendar today to find a date that my parents could come visit. It's only I was gonna do 4, that. 3, 47 there. That's true. They're going to listen to this and be like, well, but by the time they listen to this, they'll maybe even be here. (laughs) So anyways, um, so if my parents are coming to visit the monastery or they're on some sort of other trip, then in that that part of the litany, when we pray for those who are traveling, I'll call them to mind, you know? And, and so that's another, that's another way of praying for people is trying to, and it's also a beautiful way of helping us to engage in the liturgy, to not zone out, to actually be attentive to what we're saying. Um, is is to make it personal, mm-hmm. and and praying for all those who are traveling, but then also calling to mind specific people. You know. Um, Sorry, I'm just going to insert because I don't know what making eyebrows means. And you said I should do that if I wanted to say something. <laughs> I don't know, like <laughs> wiggle your eyebrows at me, make oh, a okay, hand gesture. Okay. I don't know. Like, okay. Um, I've never heard that term, make eyebrows. I, I just tried to make eyebrows and you didn't do anything. So I, it obviously wasn't what, what did you do? Was. Do it again. I'm totally kidding. Oh. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just raised them up a bit. Like, <laughs> I didn't want you to get the wrong <gasps> Wait, we forgot our new segment of what are you drinking? I'm drinking H2O. Oh. Yeah, kind of boring. What are you drinking? Um, I didn't have time to bear this time. I'm drinking almost as boring. Um, well, I'm drinking water, but with this liquid IV packet in it. It's called liquid IV. And I have to drink them sometimes because of the POTS that I have, the postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. Plural. No. Sorry, I was making a drug joke. 
I know you were, but it wasn't <laughs> appropriate or funny. The S stands for syndrome. <laughs> Anyways, um, so it's basically like sugar water, but uh, it has one of these packets has uh, 500 milligrams of salt, um, of sodium, 510, which is 22% of your daily. Does it Anyways. taste good? No, it's kind of gross. Oh, so I mean, you, you're, I don't know. I guess no it probably tastes. This. It probably tastes like Gatorade or something, but I don't really like those mm. kinds of drinks. So, ah, okay, it's very sugary and very. But I have to have an like a huge salt intake for the. So, anyways, that's what I'm drinking. Can you add it to other things that would make it taste better? Huh, I've never thought about that. Can you add it to yogurt like people do with other th- things? Oh, I thought you meant like beer. Can you put it inside of a hot? <laughs> that would be can gross. you put it inside of a hot dog like you do with dogs to get them to take their pills? <laughs> right, that was kind of a pearl like cowboy combo. So, <laughs> um, okay, did you actually have something to say about? Yes, I just wanted to share. Yes, so uh, like I think it is that is one of the best best ways to actually better engage in the liturgy as well is to know where you are. So whenever I hear travel, I pray for my brother Sean, who's a pilot. Whenever I hear. Mm-hmm. Um, in the service of our our government, or in a, what's what's the modern translation? Service of our country. Service of our country. I say, my brother civil Christopher is a cop. Yeah, mm-hmm. civil authorities. Like so, I was I, ha- having like knowing when those times are coming up when you hear these things, mm-hmm. you know, le- letting letting our mind go there to the ways that we have real life applications or real life intentions that are then being inserted in the liturgy at those times. It's also like um, like lighting a candle. Right, that, mm-hmm. that's kind of the modern way we do candles. We also touch the priest's felonian as he's walking by in some parishes and some traditions. And that tradition came from the same thing. If, if while he's carrying the gifts, the people, the faithful touches felonian. As I think I've talked about this before. To and at that time, they are they are offering their intentions for that liturgy in a sense, heaping them on top of the discos and the chalice, so that when those are consecrated in the anaphora, then it, it their intentions in a sense get crucified with the crucified Christ to get mm-hmm. raised with the risen Christ. Um, so you're the touching the felonian. And, and lighting of the candle, other things like that can be great moments of, of also engaging like the prayers and the liturgy with the liturgy deep more deeply and making the, the liturgy more relevant to our mm-hmm. real lives. Yeah. Yeah, I like that a lot. So there's also there's also the use of written prayers, right? So at the monastery, we have some prayers. We have the prayers for... Um, we have prayers for special intention, prayers for departed, prayers for the dying, and prayers for the sick. And and these are prayers that are just, um, I don't know where we got them, probably the Eucologian or something, like the, the book of... Blessings. Is that the Eucologian? Mm-hmm. But Eucologian is the book of blessings. What are, you, what are you trying to... Okay. What are you looking for? I don't know. Eucologian like is the, a Trebnik. Oh, okay. Different names. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So just the prayers for... Um, for the departed and things like that, where you can insert the the names. So I don't know where we got them from, but they're they're maybe, but they're um, they're already written prayers. And we wrote a prayer as a community for priests, deacons, um, and those studying for the priesthood and diaconate. And so every so we rotate those intentions in our monastery. Nice. And and so we name people who have asked us to pray for them and and people who we just know need our prayers and things like that. And the priests, all of the priests and deacons of our eparchy, as well as other priests that we know and love, such as you, um, as as you've heard probably in being at the monastery, every Wednesday and Friday we pray by name for mm-hmm. all of them using 
those written prayers. So that can also be good. I think that it would be a really, really great tradition for families to have like an intention book in your home. And even if you're, even if you're not praying for, you were just so still that I thought you were frozen. So that's why, that's why I paused. You never I'm sit never that still. still. <laughs> I know. It was very strange. I was like, oh no, we lost internet. Um, <laughs> I'm not used to that. So even if, even if you're not as a family going through and praying for all of the people by name, because um, you're not able to fit that time into whatever your schedule is, I think that it still is beautiful to have an intention book in your home and for all of you to develop, kids, adults, both, develop the habit of writing people in there who have asked you to pray for them or who like, you know, second grader comes home from school and he noticed that his friend was really sad or he just found out that a friend's parents are getting divorced. Like he can write the friend's name in the intention book. And even if you're not praying for all of them by name, as a family at bed or whatever, you can pray for the names listed in our family intention book. And I think that would be a really beautiful practice to develop. And most parishes will have this as well, intention books. And so that's that's something yeah, that most you can bulletins do. have it in the bulletins for those who are sick. Mm, yeah. mm-hmm. okay. And you could even, if you wanted to, if you wanted to get really zealous, this is something that I did um, even before entering the monastery. Is you can find online services. There's something called a maleben, and there's a, a general maleben for the living, and then a panahida which is the prayer service for the departed, the faithful departed. Mm -hmm. And so if you wanted to, as families or individuals, you could even pray those and insert the names. Um, And whenever there's a priest part, you can just say through the prayers, through the prayers of our Lord Jesus, through the prayers prayers of our our Holy Fathers, Fathers, Lord Jesus Christ, our God, have mercy on us. Um, So you can make those lay-led services and the the Maleben and the Panahita, and insert names into that. Yeah, um, amen. So that's another thing that you could do as individuals or as families. Hmm. Um, I, I also think, and I, I learned this from you, Father Michael. Actually, the, the next two things I was going to mention, I learned both of these from you. One is that whenever I'm praying intentions, like in my cell or whatever, I, I have a my own little intention book and halfway through the intention book, I have... Um, a new list started for the departed, right? So like the first half is for the living, the second half is for the departed. So I can keep those separate in my prayers. But whenever I pray those intentions, I always include there, actually I have it written in there, all those who have asked me to pray for them and all those I've promised to pray for, which I've picked up from you because just to like cover the bases because I have a bad memory and so many people ask and it's really hard. And I used to feel guilty about this and then I noticed in the liturgy of St. Basil, in the anaphora, mm-hmm. one of the prayers says it includes those whose names we can't, those who we can't remember through, um, because of a multitude of names, ignorance or multitude ignorance, of names. Ignorance, forgetfulness, and a multitude of names, which I yeah. love it And I'm well. like, yeah. yes. <laughs> so that made me feel a lot better. Um, nice. And the, the other thing that I got from you, this is just another practical way of it, is... I've started, when someone asks me to pray for them, I write then and there, say a Jesus prayer for them so that I know I've, um, are you That's crossing exactly that off your list? That's what I was going to say, yeah. yep. yep. <laughs> Sorry. Um, it's not really fair because I stole it from you. But. <laughs> That's fine. 
and it's so short. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And that mm-hmm. I just, when when my prayer intention for last time, you know, Mr. Z, literally when I got the text this morning, it said, can you please have a divine liturgy set for him? And I said, yes, and I'll pray for him right now. And I was literally in the middle of everything. And I just, mm-hmm. but I just paused, said one Jesus prayer. So I, I made sure I was actually doing what I said I would do. And then, yeah, moving on with the day. And I, I even have been so bold as to, so, so please everyone take this, like think, think about um, very seriously the fact that all of us are sinners. All of us need the Lord's mercy mm-hmm. in, in our lives. And so I've even been so bold as to, if I have a list of people that I, I'm thinking of that I need to pray for, I'll pray a 33 knot chopki. And on each of the knots, I'll say, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on Heather, a sinner. You know, like mm. I'll even name their names as I'm praying the Jesus prayer. Mm. And because I'm I, not, not in any sort of like accusation or condemnation, but just in that, like, we're all sinners. We all need right. his mercy. And it's a way to include their name. Absolutely. Um, so I do that as well. Um, okay. Another thing though, so there's, there's the, the specific saying the words, but I think that there's also something to be said for simply taking the person into your heart and giving them to, to Christ or to the father. And, and I know that sounds very vague. And so I wanted to give a specific instance of this is like, I might be in prayer, this I just did this actually yesterday in my spousal prayers, my my private prayers in my cell, is I was in a place of great peace. I was recollected. I felt I was in the presence of the Lord. I'm just in silence with Him, and and then I just brought to mind this person who I I have felt that I've needed to pray for, um, and. And simply bringing them to mind and then like in the presence of the Lord is in and of itself, I feel, a prayer for the person. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes that can include words. Like it can be talking to Jesus, not even necessarily asking for specific things, although we can ask for objectively good things. Like, give, like Lord, give this person the grace to be a good wife. That's a good request. That's mm-hmm. like <laughs> something that he desires. But, but at other times it can be not necessarily making a request, but of just talking to him about the ache you feel for this person or the joy you feel for this person, just as you would if you were describing them to someone else. Like I might say, Lord, such and such is in so much pain. She's recently lost her husband. She is she is grieving and and I just grieve with her. Um, mm-hmm. And like that is a prayer for the person. Mm-hmm. And and th- this is also where, and I know I mentioned this back on Catholic stuff, but there's that's also an opportunity, kind of in the moment, just calling them to mind, and the beauty of that that becomes a prayer. Also, I'm a big fan of little tiny fasts, like mm-hmm. little mini fasts. Mm-hmm. Um, the example I used to use that I, that I use when I kind of when this dawned on me was um, this makes me sound horrible, um, but it was it was kind of there was so Wash Park. Remember Wash Park? It was so close to my parish, our parish in Denver, mm-hmm. and um, some of the most beautiful women used to run at that park. I mean, it was you drive by and you're just you're going like it was just it was a neighborhood where all the 
pretty people ran, right? And so <laughs> you, you, you drive by and like in, in the one span of driving by Wash Park, which since it was so close to the church, I would do all the time. You know, there was just, it was always a, and the, the way I thought about the time was that person is so beautiful that I, I have to respond somehow. And this of course is, is about chastity as much mm-hmm. as anything, but you know, too, too often in the world, people see somebody, see somebody beautiful and that their response is to objectify and to, and to make it like, I need that for myself, to objectif- objectify, to grasp, to be selfish and to, mm-hmm. to do it in that way. Whereas, whereas there's something beautiful about Christians, we should respond and say like, that's beautiful, Lord, I thank you. But, but mm-hmm. a response is necessary. And if it's not gonna be a good, healthy, holy response, it's probably gonna be an evil response and a selfish response. So a response of self-gift. And so what I thought was that, what can I do in response to seeing something so beautiful and, and to make it a thank you to God for the beauty, to make it a thank you to them who I will never talk to my whole life, um, most likely for, for the beauty and just acknowledging something beautiful and that, that the response is necessary. And that's usually a thank you. But I, w- I would actually fast for that person. And so the fast, mm. how do you fast in the moment? I would just turn off the radio, literally mm. just, just for like the next 30 seconds. But I wanted to listen to the radio. So I'd turn it off and I would say, I'm sacrificing this beautiful listening to the radio, which is good, a good thing and makes me happy. I'm sacrificing it because God can take that sacrifice and make it a gift. And I want it to be a gift to God for his, for his, for the beautiful thing he did in, in creating that woman, but also a gift to her and God can give it to her. Like, mm-hmm. like she's, she's running, she's being healthy and that, that helps with the beauty of it. So there, there's in a sense a, that little tiny prayer and fasting for her in that moment can be a beautiful way of a proper response of thank you so that it, it is a good self-giving response rather than any sort of what the world proposes too much is something the exact opposite, more of an objectifying or, or selfish response. Yeah, that's that's really beautiful. That's like a, a transcending, instead mm-hmm. of, um, yeah. Instead and we do. I mean, it's always done a bit imperfectly, but if we get in that habit of doing it well, mm-hmm. then you can. I had a friend that had this brilliant saying about chastity. He would say, you know, when I look at a girl, the first looks for God, the second looks for me. You know, oh, that's is, so beautiful. Yeah, isn't that because the, the assumption here is that the second look is the objectifying one. Like I see her yeah. once and I go, oh, that's beautiful. If I look back again, I'm trying to somehow objectify or look only on the surface, which is mm-hmm. which is beautiful. But in a sense, once you've once you've become a man of virtue enough to be able to have a second look and that be also a look of thank you mm-hmm. rather than a, lo- a look of it being for me. So I, lo- I love that phrase because it's, it's an easy measure. First look is for God, second looks for me. Um, but you can actually grow to the point by God's grace that the second look can also be for God, you know, right. and, and it, if it's done with, without any sort of selfish objectification, but rather thanksgiving and acknowledgement of beauty. Yeah, like the beauty that God created in the same way that, um, or in a similar way that, that a newborn baby is beautiful or that- Exactly. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, or someone that you're not attracted to is beautiful. Uh, again, mm-hmm. it was someone who you say, oh, look, they're, they're very good looking or they're very beautiful. And, and it's, it's more intentional in that way. Sure. And it's, it, it, goes be, be in, it goes below and deeper than just the surface impressions. And once we can actually, I remember one time to my shame, my brother and I were looking through our yearbook I was like in middle school and I was looking mm-hmm. through my yearbook and and I was kind of laughing at, at some of the pictures in the yearbook at just how funny some people looked. And my dad like saw me doing this and my brother and, and just said, like Michael, 
everybody is beautiful. In other words, mm. the, the, there's. I think he said he said no one is truly ugly. Humans cannot be truly ugly. And if you don't acknowledge that in them, because God created them, if you don't acknowledge that in them, and you're calling them ugly, then you're wrong. Mm-hmm. In other words, if you don't see the beauty in them, you're wrong. And I still remember like the strength yeah, that God's my dad had. God's not the one who made the mistake. <laughs> right, exactly. You're the one who's not acknowledging yeah. it. Therefore, the mistake is yours. And and so it was like this moment of kind of. You know, my dad certainly wasn't shaming me. He was just, mm-hmm. you know, convicting me and it was good and beautiful. And I still remember it to this day and I don't remember much, but um, but I still remember that <laughs> moment because it was such a, a good thing. So yeah, then you can start with that, but then you start even transcending the the base impressions, the more animalistic impressions of beauty. And you you get to the deeper, the deeper sense of faith that that brings acknowledgement and, and the eyes to see true beauty rather than the mm-hmm. eyes to only see surface beauty. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, that was a bit of a perla, but it it was made a good sense perla. No, yeah, no, it was good. Um, and fasting is something that I'm going to talk about too. So, um, so I think it was a good. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, so, I actually before moving on to the other things, I'll just talk about fasting then, and then I'll come cool. back to since you already brought it up. Is I think that we absolutely can and should fast for people. Mm-hmm. and for particular intentions. But I think that this is something that needs to be done. And I've mentioned this on other episodes. It's something that needs to be done with great caution and and under the direction of a spiritual father, a spiritual mother. And I've mentioned multiple times the wisdom of our monastic Tipicon, our rule of life, says that we are not as nuns allowed to take on any additional fasting beyond what the community does without permission of the hegumena. Or without, it might be without the permission of our spiritual mother within the monastery. But I think that's wise because our fasting can become a source of pride. And it can become a sort of self-reliance instead of trust in God's mercy and, and trust in his answer to our prayers. So because we... Right, I've had I've had very personal experience with this. Of there were a few people that I was I was fasting for for years that I had your permission um, to do these fasts, and but then every time I like grew accustomed to whatever it was I was fasting from, I felt I needed to do more. Like it's not hard enough anymore, and and I just kept adding and adding, and and eventually, you know, you're like, I don't think this is actually good for you, <laughs> and um, and I I realized that. I, I finally just um, cut off all of that particular fasting for those particular people, cut all of it off at once. And mm. and only when I cut it off did I realize that there was this interior disposition that I wasn't seeing of like, I'm thinking that if I just do more, I'll earn um, the answer to this, right? I'll earn what I'm trying to ask God for. And and it's like he's a vending machine or something. And if I just put in the right amount, um, then he'll he'll give me the Kit Kat bar. Mm. And I don't even I don't even really like candy. I don't know why that's why <laughs> I mean Kit Kat bars are okay. Um I much One prefer of the like ones. potato chips or scotch or something. By the way, that um, has to be a disorder to not like me candy. not liking whatever. So this is a this is a common discussion in the monastery because I don't like ice cream and I mean I don't or cake or things like that. I don't dislike well I do dislike cake. I don't we are dislike built to like sugar as a reward. Not to have it all the time. That can certainly be abused. I like some kinds of like I like um I like buttery sugar. I could eat an entire 
pan of Rice Krispie treats mm. on my own. Not the store bought ones. Fine. Those are gross. But okay, great. <laughs> so <I was laughs> thanks for affirming kidding, my gluttony. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that was a huge cowboy curl up moment. I don't even know who started that, but oh, fasting. So, yes. so I realized that I had this, this false prideful disposition in my fasting that I didn't even, that I didn't even see. Like you, you at some point saw it, which is why you're like, maybe tone it down a bit. Um, and what was interesting was I stopped these fasts that I had been doing for years. And within like a couple of weeks, those things started happening as I'd been asking them to happen for years. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying that's I'm not saying that's always how it will work or anything like that. But I, I think it was like you were getting in the way. Just I kidding. was getting in the way. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> um so so anyways, I think that the fasting is very good, but I think that it needs to be done definitely under the direction of a spiritual father or a spiritual mother because we can even do as I was doing, we can even fool ourselves into thinking whatever about our own motives. And mm. and we as humans very much struggle with self-awareness. Um, <laughs> so so we need yep. the the help and the guidance for that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Amen. And I, just to, as your spiritual father, I think that that was good when you started doing it. I think even I though you realized that there were negative results later on and then you changed, it was all good and beautiful. I think it was good while you were doing it. So I think it was too. I think that it was the it was the it became more unhealthy as I started thinking I need to do more, I need to do more, I need to do more because it's not working kind of thing. Okay. Yep. It's like um good acknowledgement. Yeah. yeah. So. Mm-hmm. so that's all I had on fasting. So I'm gonna jump into the other things unless you have more about fasting. Nope, do it. Okay. So another Another way of praying for people, which is very relevant to a couple episodes ago, is praying with the saints mm-hmm. and praying for their intercession. So for particular intentions and for particular people. And so I, like when I pray before Father Michael and I always pray before our podcast for those who are listening and stuff. And I usually pray through the intercession of Archbishop Fulton Sheen because he's the patron saint of... I don't know, broadcasting, communication, something like that. And so it seems relevant. Um, I have an icon, a a hand-painted icon of Blessed Bishop Theodore Romja, who I've considered one of my patrons for for years, but he Mm. is the patron of Mother Theodora. She's named after Theodore Romja. And so this icon I have has a relic of him inside of it. And so... In the morning when I leave my cell, I kiss the the icon of Bishop Romja and I just say, Bishop Romja, pray for me and pray for mother. Um, nice. And so it's good to to be attentive to that. And the, the last example I wanted to give of this is, um, even though I'm going to get razzed for it, when I was at Father Travis Crotty's ordination, so shout out to Father Travis. Um, I have a little... <laughs> A little pad of paper where I make tick marks every time you shout out Father Travis. And that's that. <laughs> Wait, let me count. Let me count real quick. That is officially Stop. number 243 <laughs> in the past nine months. You mentioned Father Travis Crotty. But go ahead. Continue on, sister. Oh, man. You're so mean. So <laughs> You walked in. You encouraged me in the beginning of that one. So, but I go know. Ahead. I, just, I just knew it was coming, so I tried to 
call it out before it happened, so I'd be less embarrassed. But as nice. you can see by my cheeks, I'm it didn't work. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so at Father Travis's ordination, we're we're praying the litany of the saints as they do at all Roman Catholic ordinations. Um, and do you know which part I'm talking about when it's like? Uh, St. Mary Magdalene, yes. pray for us. And they, and just a whole litany of saints. And I, I just really felt at that ordination more than I ever had before. I felt the presence of these holy men and women around us. And as each name was, was coming up, I was thinking, if I knew the saint, a lot of them I just didn't know. But if I knew mm-hmm. the saint, I was thinking of and asking for the grace for Father Travis to emulate particular virtues of this saint Mm. that he needs in his priesthood. Um, And, you know, so, so the, the grace of chastity and the grace of courage and, and, and all of these things that I, I knew were good things that he would need in his priesthood. So praying through the intercession of, of these saints, I think is very helpful. And I think that is the, the, the holiest of people and the most who are aware of saints, to go back to that again, like we did on a previous podcast, is is those who hear of something and immediately a saint comes to mind. Like mm-hmm. the person to talk to and ask for intercession for this issue. Um, and I think that's a beautiful, another beautiful level. I've, I've shared before about Father Robert Pipton, my spiritual father, who, who like associates seasons. Shout out to Father Robert Pipta. Shout out to Father Robert. Who for sure doesn't listen to this podcast. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Who who associates like seasons and um, so he, he, he knows the liturgical year so well that he knows that like before, now I do this, but like he knows that when he, when he thinks of exaltation of the cross, he thinks of, um, this is kind of an easy one, but he thinks of exaltation of the cross, he thinks of fall mm-hmm. and he thinks of the gospel of Luke. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like all these things kind of come together because um, the gospel of Luke begins at exaltation of the cross, but like that, that's a pretty easy one. He, like if you, if you name a feast, he like, he feels the season. So he'll like, mm-hmm. it seems like, it seems like he'll feel cold. Another easy one. If you mentioned Chris, uh, like September 25th, he feels cold and he thinks of the reading from Matthew, you know? And then, and then if he thinks of excellence of the cross, he, he knows like leaves are falling and he thinks of the beginning of the gospel of Luke because that's when he began the gospel of Luke. So he's just the, like the liturgical life of the church is uh, so applies to his real life and the life of the world that the two just go hand in hand. And it's like almost with him, you could name a, you could name a reading, say like, okay, uh, John 17. And he'll say, oh, that's a, that's beginning of summer. That's, you know, when we hear John 17 liturgically, um, we're not because that's actually for, we do that for feasts, but um, you know, it, it, like, it was John 15, right? John 15, then, then you have, you, you think of late summer because you think of the Paschal season, you think of Pentecost coming up, you know, you, you, you think of all these things like this and it's just, it's so built mm-hmm. in him, it's beautiful. Anyway, so people that can do that with saints, yes, is, is a beautiful way of praying for people and drawing the saints into that prayer to pray with you and for you. And, and I think that the reverse can be true as well of if you're reading about, if you're taking advice, our advice and mm, um, yes. reading up on the saint of the day, if you're reading about a saint and a particular person in your life comes to mind, then in that moment, ask that saint to help that person, you know, um, in, in whatever it might, or as you're reading scripture, um, you know, the, the widow who loses her son and, um, 
like you know someone who's recently lost a son, like ask ask God to to give all of the graces that He wanted to give to this widow to to your friend, um, yeah. things like Love that. It. I think that um, yeah, like allow allow. I think the more that we allow the people in our lives and the people who have asked us to pray for them to become integrated with our spiritual life, our scripture reading, our, our prayer, that, that becomes prayer for the people. Um, and yeah. in some sense, that's how I think that, that monastics are called to pray for the world is, is we're called to have this completely integrated life in which our entire life is prayer. And, mm-hmm. and that's how we're able to, to pray for the world. Ideally, I'm, I'm not there, but I like, yeah, I try. So... A cool thing that I'm going to use as an example for this is mm-hmm. um, when I went to, so we companions, the priestly fraternity in Denver went to Italy for a week and a half. And mm-hmm. right before that, I had talked to my friend Sunit, shout out to Sunit um, in Denver. She was, she was wanted to get a tattoo of an anchor because an anchor is kind of a, the, the, uh, of course, a symbol of Christ, a symbol of mother of God. And there's just an anchoring, a stillness, a peace about an anchor. And it's, it's, it's a, been a religious symbol for a long time. She wanted to get it, but she didn't like, of course, how, what does it look like? Who's the artist? What version of an anchor do I get? So when I was traveling around Italy and I'd done this for a few weeks before, every time I saw an anchor somewhere, I take a picture of it and text it to her. So hmm. it was just like, here's all the anchors I see. And of course in Italy, there's a lot of anchors cause they, they, you know, symbolize certain saints and, and, they're all so much Italy as coastline and things like that. So lots of anchors. Um, but I thought it was, it was really cool. I started becoming much more aware of anchors so that I could take a picture of them and send them to her. And it's almost like if, if we're that aware of, of the Sunnites in our life, like the, the people that are looking for something or, or suffering some way or find joy in something and we, mm. that we can see something or hear something or smell something, taste something, touch something, sense something in other words, and then say, that reminds me of this person who I'm gonna call to mind in prayer or I'm gonna take a picture of them and send it to them, whatever it is that, that we kind of let, let the Holy Spirit speak through our everyday experience and relate that to um, beautiful aspects of the Christian life, like praying for people that need it. And, and I think part of that just comes from actually learning to be attentive to people um, because th- this is, yeah, this is yeah. very hard for me, right? When I'm, when I'm in the presence of someone, especially say I'm at a big, I'm at a big gathering, I'm at a big gathering and someone's talking to me. I have such a hard time because I'm such an extrovert. I have such a hard time of not like scanning the room for who else is there. Even if the person I'm talking to, I'm incredibly excited to be with. I love them very much. I'm still like, having to fight the temptation to scan the room because yeah. there's just more people. And, and how many times does someone introduce themselves to me and immediately by the time they finish their sentence, I can't remember their name, even though they just said it. And, and so I think that part of this is just coming to learn to be very attentive to people and to stop being so self-focused and to actually focus on the other when we're in their presence so that we can more easily call them to mind in other situations. Mm. Yes, that reminded me of something um, that I'm probably gonna say again, but it, cause I, it was a beautiful thing to pray that I turned into a homily, but um, I, I love this one, encouraging couples to pray with each other at night. I think, you know, mm-hmm. it's even more important, if you're married, it's more important to pray with your spouse than it is with your children. I mean, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You, we need to make sure you're pr- we're praying with our spouses. Um, and coming from a celibate who doesn't know how hard that can actually be, I can, I can 
<laughs> say it with great confidence. Um, but there's something, I think one of the best ways I have heard from couples to pray together is of course you can pray memorized prayers, but also after you've learned about the other person's day, like imagine getting home and sometimes after a few, after many years of marriage, you don't even talk about your day anymore. You know, that's just, that doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. So may, I think prayer can become a revelation that your spouse was listening to you or a revelation that you were listening mm -hmm. to your spouse and you know about their life. Because if in any point in the prayer that you're praying with your spouse, there's intercessory prayer. If you can pray specifically for the people that your spouse encountered that day. So if they say, you know, Jeanette, that witch in accounting, you know, she gave me a dirty look again. And so in prayer, you go, you know, Lord bless Jeanette um, in accounting, you know, <laughs> soften her heart, uh, let her find joy and love and, you know, make it so she's not so mean anymore. And then, you know, they celebrate somebody's <laughs> birthday. Oh, and, and pray for yeah. Susan in marketing's birthday, you know, and, and things like that. Um, so that there's like, if you bring it to prayer, the, your spouse knows that not only were you listening to them, but you know about their life, you know about their day, you were listening to them when they shared their day, and you've now taken what you heard and didn't just make it good listening, but now you've actually asked our Lord to bless these things. And so you've, you've done what a good spouse does. You've listened to them and then you've taken it to Jesus, which is of mm -hmm. course the whole point. And so if you can have that intercessory prayer, even if you're not good at intercessory prayer, this is a good way to kind of learn how to do it. Just say, these are my intentions. And, and you, you're actually praying, don't just, don't, don't only do it so your spouse can hear you, of course, but you're actually praying, but at the same time, you're, you're praying for the specific intentions of your spouse and letting them know that you actually heard them. Yeah. Yeah, the, the anchor thing reminds me of something else that's actually on my list to bring up. This is, this is so funny. I don't remember how recently I've told you about this, but it still happens. So okay. I, this, this, past, um, this past Sunday, Father Cyril Pinchak. So, so the point of this, just to keep in mind the context going into the story, is another, another thing that I think is helpful is to have reminders to pray for people. And right. the anchor for you was the reminder, or yep. you, could, you could allow it to be the reminder, which it sounds like you did. And I mean, we have fancy phones. If you know, I mean, we don't have fancy phones, us nuns, but like okay. people who are listening to this probably have fancy phones or fancy watches. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> I just hid my fancy watch. It's to check my heart rate though. It's a, it's a thing. Okay, so anyways, the... If, if you know that such and such told you they have a doctor appointment that they're worried about and it's at 2 p.m. on Thursday, you can put a, you can put mm -hmm. just a vibrate alarm on your phone for 2 p.m. on Thursday to remember to pray for them. So there are these kind of reminders. There are the anchors. Um, Mother Gabriella shared this super beautiful reflection she had from her 30-day her about butterflies. When I see a butterfly now, I pray for Mother Gabriella. Like these are these can be reminders for us. And so... Father Cyril Pinchak was here for Divine Liturgy this past Sunday, yesterday. Um, and when he, when he lifted up his hands to say, let us lift up our hearts to the Lord. No, is that how it goes? Let us lift up our hearts to the Lord. Let us lift up our hearts to the Lord. I think that's it. Let us lift up our hearts to the Lord. Um. Let us lift up our hearts. We lift them up to the yeah. Lord. Yeah. Um, let us lift up our hearts. And so I um, can't do it unless we're singing. That's pretty bad. <laughs> Anyways, when he does this and he raises his arms, the front of his felonian flips up. And I said a prayer for Liam and Maria Lachlan. <laughs> and this still 
happens. <laughs> that is awesome. So my mom, my mom made my ordination vestments that I was ordained in, and my buddy Liam uh, sponsored the icon for the back of the Mother of God. So I had my mom stitch their two names into the front of my Filonian, where I could feel their names, like in, in kind of more uh, textured, bumpy thread, so that I could feel their names. So like I had. I had obviously never celebrated a liturgy before. I didn't realize how infrequently you touch that as, as when you're celebrating, but it's still there and it's beautiful. So I told them one time, they're like, what are those names? Or what was that? What's that thread in there? And I told them, so that's beautiful. So there uh-huh. we go. Those are little So every time good. I see that spot on the Filonian where I know the names Liam and mom are, um, <laughs> I pray for Liam and Marie. I've never it. met Liam, um, <laughs> but nice. got a lot of prayers from me. So that's great. Um, yeah. So I think things like that are, are super helpful. Um, I also, someone speaking of reminders, I know someone who she has a list above her kitchen sink of, of the people it might be dry erase or maybe she, um, does little pins or something like that. I don't remember, but Mm. literal pins, not like Pinterest. Is that still a thing? Do people still use Pinterest? Yeah, I think so. I've seen. Okay. Um, I never really got into that, but that's probably good because I have a very addictive personality Mm. and that could have been bad, Mm. but cowboy. So she has names above her sink, her kitchen sink. And so as she's doing dishes, she, she prays for the people, whoever is on, whoever is on this list. And so she like has this reminder for herself and this, this again, incorporation into what is already routine. I'm not suggesting to people that they have to add in new things to their routine, but you can very easily incorporate this into the routine you already have, which is the last thing I wanted to, to share is, one of the ways that's most helpful for me in praying for people is for making an offering of whatever my work is. So this, for me as a nun with my obediences, this can be the very things that are, are very spiritualized, right? Like I bake the prosphora, I bake the communion bread that we that we use that becomes the body and blood of Christ. And so, you know, I texted you, Father Michael, and... Um, and Steve Davies, uh, shout out again to our editor, Steve, and just said that like I baked the prosphora, this particular batch, with with you and the Davies family as as one of my intentions. And knowing that that intention will then be remembered in the liturgy in some way. And and when I'm tying chotki, the the knots that that we pray the Jesus prayer on the prayer ropes, when I'm tying that, I'm praying for whoever it's for. I have. Um, I'm doing, I'm, I'm making a gift for, I'm not going to say what it is because it's a surprise, but I'm making a gift for, for Holy Protection, my home parish that I've been working on for years that I want to give them um, as a gift probably in my life profession. And I'm almost done with it. But like as, as I'm working on that, I'm praying for the parishioners of Holy Protection and for, for Father Brian, the current pastor. And, and so, so sure, absolutely, this, this can be done in the obvious ways for me as a nun of baking the prosphora, cleaning the pustinias, like prepping them for someone who's coming on retreat, praying for the person who's coming on retreat. But, but this can be done with all of our activities and all of our work. Like this is the work that God has called me to as a nun. But if, if you are, if you are a, if you're a dentist, you know, like this, this next hour that I'm with this patient, I want to offer up for this person who asked me to pray for them. Mm-hmm. And you don't have yeah. to be necessarily remembering the person for that whole hour, but yep. but just letting the Lord know that this is what I'm offering this next hour for. Yeah. And 
And so I think we can do this with with all of our work, not just or or like I said about the gift for the parish, like if you're if you are um making a gift for someone, you're you're crocheting something for someone, you can think of them, pray for them as you're as you're doing that. You're writing a birthday card, you're whatever it is, you know, like just being attentive to being attentive to the person and bringing them to Christ in whatever ways that you can, like that is the prayer. I love it. One of the things that came to mind when you were saying that, because I just saw that I was so honored this morning when my my friend, uh, I, I can name her, my friend Jackie from here in LA uh, followed the podcast Instagram account just this morning. Aww. And I was like, oh, and uh, and so she we talked about reckless. Was it either the last podcast or this one about, about the prodigal and the reckless prodigal means reckless. Mm-hmm. I think it was the last podcast. Anyway, prodigal meaning reckless her, one of her was best, one. Yeah. was it? Okay. One of her best. So she has a sister and I know both of them. Uh, shout out to Jack and Jenna, um, both amazing, amazing women. Um, they, so Jenna's ex-boyfriend and Jackie's one of her best friends, um, committed suicide, uh, just, a couple months ago, and they're mm. all they're all big gamers. And um, his gaming name was Reckful, mm, and like mm-hmm. re- reckless but Reckful. And when I when I first found out about this, and I and I was like, the name Reckful just it just sounded like a, a gaming name, you know. And I didn't think much of it. And then it was somehow the prodigal son popped into my mind, mm-hmm. and I thought there's something about you know Reck. It's it's a great name, Reckful instead of Reckless, you know. Um, we might have even talked about this. Did we talk about this? We did a little mm-hmm. bit. Anyway, so every time I hear, every time I hear Rec, every time I think of the prodigal son, now I think of him and I pray for his soul. Mm. I don't even know his, I, Myron, is it my, oh, Myron, it might be Myron. No, Byron, Byron's his name, Byron, close enough. Um, anyway, uh, but yeah, Recful. So anyway, <laughs> sounds the same. Um, so yeah, it, it is one of those things too. And I, now I think of the prodigal son, there's actually a person that I think of at the same time, other than all the other mm-hmm. prodigals in my life. Um, but but that one, just because the name is, is beautiful. So it's a reminder too. Yep. I forgot sure. we already talked about him. So yeah. Um, but yeah, Recful. But, but it's a good example of what I was saying earlier, even exactly. just like yeah. when Thank the you. scripture even reminds you of this person, then um, yeah. Thank you for affirming me and making me feel not so bad for bringing up something I've already brought up. Good well, job. I'm only doing it because people think I'm too mean to you. <laughs> oh, stop. So Don't start. let them get you. Don't let <laughs> them get to you, sis. pretending sometimes like I'm a nice person. So. <laughs> ugh, um, ugh, ugh. I'm kidding. So I, I think that's it. I think that's all I had. I think I touched okay. on everything on my list, but... That's a very important topic. I think we all, we all want to ask that question, and we we rarely do. Like, what is? Right. I would love. I love to do a, a ten podcast series on prayer. You know, yeah. on just, and we won't, of course. But like, like what what that? Maybe we'll touch on it a lot. I hope. Um, mm-hmm. But what what prayer is, and and when we so often say, "I'll pray for you," or people ask us to pray for them, like, what does that mean? What do we do? Is an important, incredibly important um, thing to think about for Christians. So, thank you for right. bringing this up. Great. And topic. I I think that I mean. The reason I think it's an important topic is because if we even struggle with this as nuns, you know, of like, yeah, right. what does that mean? Then Good surely point. everyone has this this struggle and this question. Because, yeah. I mean, if you're if you're at all active in your faith, then people are asking you to pray for them, and you're telling people you'll pray for them all yeah. the time, and the list just would become 
it would be impossible if you were just naming the people by name all the right. time every day. Like there's there's just not enough time in that. Um, yeah. So there's there's got to be ways that that we can actually um, do this. Yeah. So my grandmother before she died, Grammy would literally read every name on her prayer list every single night. I know, but and she Grammy. brought it with her. Yeah. Yeah. Incredibly. I mean, she would, that's, she had a list that she'd write it down named and she would sit there in bed and read every single name on her prayer list, you know, and she died it. I'm getting my grandparents mixed up right now and their ages. Um, she was 91 anyway. Mm-hmm. And yeah, God bless her. That was, that was her, that was her charism and her ministry in the world was to pray for people by name and a big old long list. Did you know that she's in our, She's actually in our intention book oh, in the departed list awesome. as not as Gino Lachlan, but as Grammy O'Lachlan. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's that, that that's gonna be her saint name is Saint Grammy. It's not gonna be Jean. It's just gonna be Saint <laughs> Grammy. <laughs> Grammy the so, uh, Grammy of Albuquerque, whatever you want to say. Okay. Um if so if you don't have anything else, we could give our intentions. I do want to uh, give a shout out and encourage people um, from your eparchy, uh, Father, um, maybe Father uh, Andrew, Andrew Summerson. Summerson. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't need to do that. It was coming to I'm, me. I'm sorry. It didn't look like it was coming. I'm, or, oh, I know. I, I was it, trying it didn't to look. be helpful. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you do like the sign language. A S. Oh. Anyway, Father Andrew, don't be offended, Father Andrew. Like I do this with everybody. Sister knows that people oh, are the dearest me. to me. I forget. You I shout. What's the opposite of a shout out? Condemnation. Oh. <laughs> well, there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus, but shout shout in. Shout down. Opposite of shout out. Shout, shout down, down. Okay. to Father Michael Lachlan, <laughs> who last week in our prayer before spiritual direction called me by my baptismal name, which I haven't had for four years. I have known you longer, only slightly longer, but longer with your baptismal name, Victoria, then That's true. I do with your- Do you remember when I was first tonsured and got my new name, you did a pretty good job transitioning. The only time you called me by my baptismal name was when you were annoyed with me. You say that, I do not agree. That was not the case. It was totally true. I think it's purely subconscious, but it's true. And just because you said that, now every time I make the mistake and call (laughs) you by your baptismal name, I feel like, oh, she thinks thinks I'm mad at her. Okay, um, shout out to Father Andrew Summerson. Perla. Um, so yes, uh, Father Andrew Summerson. And anyway, he is a part of a, the Lumen Christi Institute and God Bear Institute um, in Chicago. And so there's the uh, Eastern Catholic Theology in Action event. You can register at www.lumenchristi.org forward slash Eastern dash Catholic. Um, there's a weekly talks from Daniel Galadza, Andrew Hayes, Robin Darling Young, Alexander Luschuk, Aaron Walsh, and then Archbishop Boris Gudziak on the 12th, who's, I imagine he's the best. He's a pretty amazing Archbishop, the new Archbishop of the oh, Metropolitan of the-, of the And such a good speaker. Yes, Ukrainians in Philadelphia. So check check that out. Again, you can register at lumenchristi.org forward slash Eastern slash Catholic, or just look up the Eastern Catholic Theology and Action Program, Lumen Christi Institute. Um, anyway, I might, I might post something on our, on our uh, social media as well with some links to, to um, a couple sound bites and things like that. But anyway, check that out if you can. We'll, we'll put a link to it. And that's all. And then, 
Oh, you got bells. Perfect timing. <laughs> I can hear yeah. those, so they can right here too. Okay, pray attention. I'm, I'm actually supposed to ring oh. the bells. <laughs> oh, okay, okay go Well, ahead. someone else got it for me, so it's fine. Yeah. Um, okay, my prayer intention is a rather selfish one. I think that this episode is being released on September 9th, which is okay. the day I'm leaving for my annual retreat. So ah. if you could pray for me this coming week, I'll be on retreat September 9th through 16th. So... Awesome. Yeah. Will do. I'll be praying for you then too, of course. And my intention is literally while we were podcasting, I got a text asking for prayers. So again, oh. I don't know how, I did not have time to ask a big Omega public. So just pray for um, someone whose name is starts with a J. So pray for uh, pray for Ms. Ms. J. We'll call her Ms. Ms. or J. Ms. Miss J. I don't even know. It's just the the family member of a friend. Um, okay. And then uh, just found out she survived breast cancer, was a survivor, and now it's back. But it's also mm. in her brain and lymph nodes as I read the text right now. Mm. Surgery on Monday, um, which outside of space and time. So anyway, let's let's pray for her too in the midst of her struggles. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. So, so Jesus, Ms. pray right Ms. now, Ms. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner, and pray for Miss J. Yeah. All right. Blessing. Yes. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Cause his face to shine upon you, have mercy on you. Lord, please send your blessing, your grace, your love, your consolation, your companionship upon those who are listening. Please bless our intentions from last time. Mr. Z and Mr. S, please pray. Please bless our intentions this time for Sister Natalia's retreat. And for Miss J, please bless all the intentions of those who are listening and keep them on our minds. Allow us to become better prayers. Please help us to acknowledge the power of prayer and the great gift of prayer that you've given us. Please help us to call to mind those who you want us to pray for most and who within this one body of Christ, our prayers affect each other just as every healthy part of the body affects every other part of the body. So let our healthy prayer and our surrender to you and our fasting, all these signs of membership in the one body, please help the entire body of Christ, your whole church to grow closer to you. Please bless those who listen and let them be amazing facilitators of your evangelization, your good news, and help them do everything for your greater glory and for the upbuilding of your beautiful church. May the Lord bless all of you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Love you. Thank you. Love you too, sister. Be well. Have a good day. Thank you. Bells Mm -hmm. are appropriate. Bye. (laughs) Bye.